Alright. Yeah, check this out. I want analog with my notes. Nice. I want digital. Alright. Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is uh, Terranaut Recordings. I'm Nick. That's oh, Sean. I'm Sean. <laughs> I can introduce myself. I have agency. So today we're going to be taking a look at uh, Phoebe Bridger's album Punisher. We're going to be going through all the songs and just talking about cool things that we heard in them and things that we liked about them. We're Tearing Out Recordings. We're a recording company. We produce music. We record music from home. And we help you finish your songs and get them on streaming platforms. If you're a songwriter and you're interested in working with us, check us out at TearingOutRecordings.com. We're also on the Instagram. But, yeah. <laughs> the instant you may have heard of it it's called the instantgram what you say that again no wait, what were you saying oh i said and we'll add instruments to your songs and demos but anyway back to the thing we also purchased this album so i recommend going on Bandcamp and buying the album and supporting the artists anything to add to that sean yes no purchasing music from the artists you love is very important all right, let's go. Let's hit it. So this cool. is Punisher. So the first song is DVD Menu. What did you think about the song? Uh, I thought it was a perfect starting point because it kind of foreshadows the last song in a way mm. um like with, as far as like instrumentation goes in like melody content well uh, mm, yeah because it's like you could play dvd menu over i know the end i know it's good uh <laughs> dang i had a, i had a really good point that uh that you just spoiled for the end but <laughs> <laughs> but oh, I, I like realized something while listening to it today that i was like oh this is so sick i can't wait to point this out uh, <laughs> <laughs> no because i i, I was <laughs> <laughs> well, we well we thought of yeah we, good we cool. good start yeah um I really liked how like it almost sounded like the tone was rolled off like if it, if like the recording was a guitar mm -hmm. the tone was all the way off and then just slowly throughout the song it was just like rolling it back on yeah and yeah then, it kind of yeah like blossoms yeah it was really cool I also liked the strings plus like the guitar bass kind of thing like throughout I mean you hear that throughout the album but especially here. There's like this combination of like guitars and basses and orchestral instruments and then like ambient noise. Yes, yeah. Which was a guy. Let me actually look up who that is so I can like per accurately cite this guy. Oh, like the the guy who sings like the lower voice? No, there was a guy who uh, did all the ambient noises and stuff like oh, that. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, Ethan Gruska, who did sound design, programming, synthesizers, electric guitar, acoustic guitar, mellotron, piano, pocket piano, vocoder, fader performance, tenor bass, sub bass, bass, optigan flutes, sampling, and pump organ. Wow. So, so he, that was a mellotron. Yeah, yeah. So okay. he, he did a lot. The mellotron was specifically on tracks 3, 9, and 11, which were... There's one definitely on Moon Song. So it was on Kyoto, on ICU, and there was I Know the End. Oh, okay. So. But not on Moon Song. Oh, maybe it was something else on Moon Song. Maybe it was like it an actual been, flute. It could have been someone. Oh wait, no, actually, no. You're right. Tony Berg played Mellotron though. Oh, okay. So it was still the Mellotron, but not different. Different Mellotronist. Cool. Cool. Let's go to Garden Song. So this is song number two, Garden Song. So that one also, like, I felt lacked like a high end. Um, mm -hmm. Which I thought was really cool, because then Phoebe's voice, which is so, like, high, it just, like, made it especially more present. Yeah. Yeah, and it provided, the, it was, like, this, like, cool, like, sort of rolling 
undercurrent that kind of like stayed the same throughout the entire song. Yeah. But it was actually kind of cool because um, it allowed the vocals to cut through more. Yeah. And kind of like float over the the current that was being like. Yeah, and you know, throughout this whole album, it was just like slowly developing stuff. Yes. Like, if, if you listen, yeah. if you like skip from one verse to the next verse on any of the songs, it just sounds completely different. Mm-hmm. And it's like sometimes really subtle, but sometimes it's really like, oh, here we have a fucking band. Right, yeah. Oh, are we cursing in this? Yeah. <laughs> do you have to, wait, should, are you putting I, this on children's YouTube? I, I'll, I'll censor it out. I'll do the bleep. <laughs> I think too, it's like, um, another, and it sort of highlights like a common theme in this album, which is like development through minimal instrumentation. Yeah. So it's like, there's like, it's like, there's not really many like sort of individual voices, but there's still like a lot going on. Yeah. But actually there is a lot of instruments. But it's never all at once, except, like, during some specific moments where it's, like, super right. intense. Especially the end. Yeah, but it's also, like, a lot of instruments spaced out properly throughout the whole thing. And right. she, she, I mean, she fit, like, many horns, many strings, uh, a lot of background vocals. If you look at the credits, there's, like, I think, like, six vocalists on it. Wow, yeah. Yeah, other than Phoebe. Um, but, yeah, I feel like it's a really good exercise in orchestration. And pace. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and another comment was that I had was that there's no drums, but it's still driving. Yeah. Like, and, like, yeah, the, the guitar lines were all, like, just kind of really, like, steady and pushing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, like... yeah, the, the lyrics, too, were, like, I mean, she does this in all her songs, basically, but, like, it's like a friend telling you a story, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> The, the one, the lyric that I liked was, the doctor put her hands over my liver. She told me my resentment's getting smaller. Yeah. Well, that, that, Appar- that, that, apparently that really happened to her. Oh, yeah? Like, her doctor <laughs> actually said that, and it wasn't, like, as, like, poetic as it, <laughs> the lyric made it seem. No, but... It's very poetic, still. But I thought, I thought it was really cool, regardless, because, like, one, she could have rhymed. She could have said, uh, liver, and then res- her resentment's getting slimmer, sliver. Mm-hmm. But she didn't. She was just, like... She just like said two sentences that don't rhyme, which mm-hmm. is great. Like, <laughs> she wasn't Plays like with the expectation. Yeah, and it it yeah, it was just it, like a friend telling you a story kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, killing. And then the last chord, she ended on a four chord. She ended up like so the, the the song's in the key of C, but she ends in the F chord. Oh yeah, and it's just like it just like ends. Dude, yeah, that's <laughs> another that's another common theme throughout the album too, like not resolving. To yeah, work. it's great. It's so cool. Yeah. And it, like, it kind of, like, keeps this, like, forward momentum of the album. It, it never feels like it's, like, okay, like, we've ended. It's great. Yeah, yeah, because it, it just prepares the next song. Actually, I didn't even think about that. What key is the next song? And Kyoto's in, in B. B. And so it's on F. That's pretty cool. Uh, it goes to Triton. That's not, like, a super strong resolution. No, not at all. But it's, like... Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. Oh, but I think she does start on, like, the 5 or something, or... On the four, which is F sharp. No, uh, no, 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 it is, it is the five because I think I forgot. I think it ends on F sharp. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, let's talk about Kyoto. So, this is the third song on the album, and I thought, like. I remember the first time I heard this, I was like, I don't know if I like this album anymore. Because <laughs> it was like a total vibe change, but yeah. now I listen to it and I'm like, ooh! <laughs> yeah, no, that song's great. Um, it's 
I mean, it's one of my favorite on the album now, but when I first heard it, I was like, what's happening? What is this? It's a to- yeah, total change. And it's like kind of the first one with like a like a clear cut groove. And it's the first one with drums on it, too. Mm-hmm. But and there's like a cool blend of like dr- like rock band with like horns and strings and stuff yeah. like that. And all of the like instruments, there's, like, there's always like a melody going. Like you have the the, the, the horns going. Yeah. And like all, even on the on the second verse, there's also like a really cool guitar counterline there too. Yeah. And like throughout all of it, there's just like like constant melodies, like really yeah. nice melodies. It's like always present. Yeah. Yeah, and I like the 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 lyrics too. It's like kind of part like dealing with imposter syndrome. Part, like thinking you know what you want until you actually have it like uh like the lyric i wanted to see the world then i flew over the ocean oh, and then yeah. i changed my mind like like kind of i guess like she probably thought that she wanted to tour a lot yeah right and, but <laughs> until she actually started touring and saw uh, or like uh i i i'm going to kill you if you don't beat me to it yeah <laughs> you know but it's also like there's like hearing the verses like when she's talking about go to the arcade and stuff like that I just have all these, like, images in my head, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it. she does a really good job of conjuring, like, these images. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, it's just, her lyrics are very much like Joni Mitchell. Yeah. In that way, where it's kind of like, she'll start, like, in the middle of a story. Right, right. Like, like, you know, like, it just starts, like, there's no, there's no, um, there's no prologue to it yeah like you don't know where she's from she's just day off in kyoto right so yeah she's, she's right in the middle of the <laughs> so story. you're like oh well i have some board like baseline information like she's not from kyoto unless she's from kyoto and she's talking about a mundane day off but mm-hmm. <laughs> it just starts like right she's, in the center it's the like story. mystery right at the beginning yeah killing that's like the, the the copycat killer i mean that's not on this album but the copycat killer version also has some really cool chords yeah that i really dig also rob moose who's playing all the string parts all oh, he played string. He played all the string parts on, on all this. Wow. The whole album. Oh yeah, that makes so sense. So he did all the yeah. arrangements and he did all the string parts too. Oh okay, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. That guy's profound. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Let's move on to Punisher, which is the title of the album. I love a good place to hide plain sight. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this song's about Elliot Smith. Yeah. I think you're right. But I think you're also right because you've told me that and I just accept it as right. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, there are a lot of lyrics that make me think that. Yeah, I can see that. I, I really like the lyric. The only real reason I moved to the east side, I love a good place to hide in mm-hmm. plain sight. Which, when you read it like that, I don't think she meant it like that. Well, I don't know. Well, that's another cool aspect of it is the lyric before that is like, the drug stores are open all night. The only real reason I moved to the east side so you don't really know if that lyric is talking about the previous sentence or the next sentence. Mm-hmm. So like the drugstores are open all night. The only real reason I moved to the east side or the only real reason I moved to the east side. I love a good place to hide in plain sight. Right. Which I think it could be, it could it could be both. both yeah. yeah. And I think if she's talking about New York, that's like, that's like definitely like both sentences definitely work. I think. Oh yeah. I think she's talking about LA though. Probably. Yeah. But I feel like like Upper East Side, like, that's a good place to hide. You get the part. Anyway. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, the um, I I I just noticed this too when listening to it yesterday. The the vocal foreman in the background vocals. Oh yeah, in the yeah, first yeah, part yeah. Is really cool. And I never noticed it before. It adds like a really 
sort of deep dimension. Yeah, it, it, I feel like. it's kind of like that Bon Iver thing that he does uh, with the vocal synth. Yeah. 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 But, and also, just the effect on the vocal. I noticed this today when I was re-listening to it, but, like, throughout the whole song, there's, like, the vocal is constantly changing. Yeah. Like, uh, going into the, the, like, the pre-chorus, I think, there's, like, the reverb changes, like, the type of reverb that's on it. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the, the vocal textures and then the, the vocal synth things. And then on the chorus, it's just double clean vocals. Yes. Yeah, because, like, uh, from the verses, especially on that lyric, In Plain Sight, Sight has no reverb on it whatsoever. It's yeah. just totally dry. And then it goes into, like, the chorus vocals, which are totally dry. Yeah. And she does that twice, which I think is really cool. In In Plain Sight and the word stop. Wouldn't know when to stop. Oh, yeah. Well, that's another cool thing is that they say stop, and then the song just ends. Yes. And then, well, you have, like, this, like, little posting thing, which mm-hmm. I noticed today, but... Other, like, other than that, like, the, the material in the song ends. That's also another place where it doesn't resolve either. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, stop. It's just kind of, like, this super dramatic thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I know from, like, just, like, listening to interviews that she's, like, very conscious of that. Like, in Scott Street. Yeah. Like, with that lyric, um, like, I asked you how I was playing drums, and then the drums come in. Yeah, so she, I, I feel like that's, like, a, definitely, like, a common theme in her music. Like, she's very mindful of where she puts certain instruments, mm-hmm. depending on, like, in conjunction with, like, what lyrics are yeah, being said. Right. Which I think is really cool and thoughtful. And I feel like that's kind of, like, a cheesy thing, but I love it so much. Like, it works. Yeah, and I feel like she does it in a non-cheesy way. Because yeah. it's still, like, subtle. It's not, like, it's not, like, overly, like, oh, okay, like... That's like tongue in cheek, like really funny. It's like it's like it's 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 done in like a subtle way that makes it like pretty hip. But I think I also think it's done in a very overt way too. Like for example, with stop, it's like the whole song stops, mm-hmm. you know. But and she goes like all the way with it too. It's not just like the band stops and then she keeps going or like something yeah. like one element stops, but it's like a complete halt. Yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. Like if it was, I think if it didn't have that little ambient thing afterwards. Right. I think it would be really cheesy. Like, if it just, like, hard cut off, like, you get sucked out of the atmosphere, like, yeah, it's like, oh, okay, like, you said stop and everything stopped. But, like, no, there's still, like, there's still, like, that remnant of, like, yeah, the song yeah. in there. That, I think that, like, that makes it not, for me at least, that makes it, like, I think that's also kind of, like, super cool. Like, like an ode to boomers who love their analog technology and where, like, hard <laughs> stops are really hard. <laughs> so it's, like, something very organic. Uh, <laughs> Not that analog technology is bad. I like analog technology. Yeah, thanks for that, boomers. <laughs> oh, yeah, and also the instrumentation on this is killing. It's like piano with strings with vocals and then mm-hmm. effects and, like, affected vocals. Yeah. You know, she she really creates, like, these really cool ensembles that, like, when you're listening, well, I don't know. I think the first time I listened, I was like, what is happening with the instruments? But, like, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be prepared to see this ensemble in a concert. Like, like, if you pick one song off of Punisher, or, hmm, if you picture Punisher, if they would, like, play it live, like, that would be, like, intense lineup changes. Oh, yeah. Every song. Yeah. You know? And it's all, like, not the most typical stuff, I feel. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's not like, oh, this is string quartet time. Oh, this is band time. It's, like, all this, like, right. weave it's... of, like, plaid. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's very, it's very much that. It's not, like, yeah, like you said, it's not, it's, it's not its own separate thing it's also a really like driving song for like something like kind of low-key 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, it just, uh, it also, like, that's, like, a good example of how you can sort of build, like, a really lush sounding atmosphere, mm -hmm. but, like, not, with, like, not many individual voices. Right, yeah. Good song. <laughs> okay, cool. Now let's go to Halloween song number five. Yes. What instrument was the first instrument? Uh, it was like this, like really low, like baritone guitar sounding. It sounded like baritone guitar, yeah, or like a bass and guitar, or mm -hmm. some kind of combination. The way it was panned too was really cool. Yeah, um, but also it sounded like pit strings, and I at first I was like, yeah, this is definitely guitar oh, and bass. Yeah. But then I started listening to it, and I was like, does this sound like pizzicato strings? And then I was like, I, then I couldn't tell. You know, it mm -hmm. was like that thing, like once you see it, you can't unsee it. Right. And I, I, I just like wasn't sure. Which I think is cool, because then, like, it's thought broken music in that sort of way, mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, what is, what is happening here? It's like a puzzle, with, like a Rubik's Cube, almost. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah wow, I never even, cons yeah, that could have totally been a cello. And then there was that, like, muted trumpet, which was really cool. Yeah. Which fits over that, like, pit strings, you mm -hmm. know? <laughs> I don't think it was pit strings, but, like... The more I listen to it and question it, the more I, I don't know. Could have been a blend. Yeah. Of, of all those. <laughs> of, 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 like, pits, like, low cello pits. Yeah. And violin plus, like, baritone guitar. Yeah, I like, uh... Oh, what were you going to say? Uh, yeah, you got oh, it. Oh, I like the, um... So the second verse is slightly shorter than the first verse I noticed. Mm. And I think the lyrical content informs that. Because she talks about how the fan who was beaten to death... Yeah. Because, like, she, I feel like ending it at that verse and then going into the chorus made, like, that lyric so much more impactful than right. if, like, she had added more lyrical content after that. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. They killed a fan down by the stadium Was only visiting, they beat him to death Yeah, and then, like, the subtle, like, drum blend with, like, the low guitar, like, the drum, the really, like, lo-fi kind of, like, yeah, sounding with toms. The, with the mallets. Yeah, with the mallets, with the, like, that sort of driving, like, baritone guitar was, like, really... really Dude, cool. honestly, there was one song I wrote this, uh, but, I mean, for the whole thing, the drum sounded kind of lo-fi, except, like, Kyoto, but, like, yeah, for, there's, well, there's one song we'll get to in particular that I was, like, this sounds like an iPhone with a snare mic and a kick mic. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Because <laughs> it's just, like, this lo-fi thing, but then the, the kick and snare are just, like, super driving. Mm -hmm. And then this one had mallets on it, and I actually wrote down in my notes another song with no drums, and so far the only song with drums was Kyoto, but then the drums came in at the end. Mm -hmm. So, like, midway through the song, she adverted, uh, adverted my expectations. <laughs> yeah. so subverting. Subverted. So, subverted? Yeah. Always subverting expectations. That's what makes it exciting, huh? To like listen to it like in its whole too. Because yeah, it's like you, it's not You're just like what is happening? And like the, the like every time you can't tune out because then you tune out and everything's completely different. Mm -hmm. Like there there was a few points where I, I like stopped paying attention or I checked my phone and I was like, I have to go back. Right. It's like it's like so much more new stuff was like yeah. introduced and I just missed it. Oh, yeah, and then in the, towards the end, I forgot, I think it was in the last chorus or something, but there's another voice added. Yeah. Who was, uh, I forgot who it was, I looked it up, but. Whatever you want. Whatever you 
Connor Oberst. Or Connor Oberst. No, they're they're in uh, that band, Butter Better Oblivion Community. Center. Oh right, so, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was out of nowhere and like towards the end of the song, oh, we got a new voice. Mm-hmm. Like out of nowhere, you know. I yeah. thought that was really cool. Oh, he's in Bright Eyes too. Oh right, 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 right. Yeah, I think you told me about all of this. Yeah. And like the, I like the how it gets like slightly discordant at the end. Like oh, the guitar yeah. gets like a little more out. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah, yeah. Just ends. Well, I wrote eerie whooshing on fade out yeah. because there's just, there's just like like kind of like grinding thing mm-hmm. like it just comes at the end when everything's fading. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. And then like the guitar adds like. So it's like the, it sounds like it's like the same chord voicing. It's just like an added note on top that makes it kind of like. Right. Ooh, yeah. Like, Which is a kind of not subtlety. It's like one note changes everything. Mm-hmm. Just like that one addition is like, ugh. Yeah. What's it, happening it, now? It, yeah. It's just like such a, a world shifting thing. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Chinese satellite. So this one I thought was a cool change of pace mm-hmm. and like the baritone guitar is like super driving. And yeah. like in this, in this song is like, I had the thought that like the baritone guitar and her voice just work so well together mm-hmm. because like, and just, just in terms of registers, but like, and how full everything sounds that I don't know how many people that would sound that great with, but like with Phoebe, especially it's like the baritone guitar and her voice. They just like fit perfectly. Mm-hmm. Not to say that regular guitar also doesn't fit, because I think it does. Yeah, that separation is so nice, and it makes everything sound full. Like, and there was one masterclass we were at where I think it was Patricia Brennan who talked about VJ Iyer and was saying, you can get so much out of just two notes on the piano oh, yeah. if they're super far away. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the same thing, to relate VJ Iyer to Phoebe Bridgers to Butt. They said it couldn't be done. Yeah, but you know, she totally does that. Yeah. Like, they both have that sentiment, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then the, the reverse vocals that are yeah. coming out. And the Woo! speech fragments, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I would not have heard that if I didn't listen on headphones. Yeah. Drowning out the morning birds. That was a super cool touch. Yeah, there's just all these little subtleties, but the reverse vocals, that, like with reverb on them, it like, doesn't get in the way at all, but mm-hmm. it just like augments everything. Yeah. yeah, and then they like line up at some point. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Like a... I think when they, when they get to the chorus, right? Yeah, it, it, or that that like pre-chorus thing. I didn't know how to label it actually. I was thinking about that. Yeah, I guess because like, there's that like string quartet thing, and I right, was like, that yeah. is a chorus. I think that is a chorus because eventually the band does play that mm-hmm. at the end. But then the pre-chorus is like, I'm just gonna like play the, yeah. the clip, so <laughs> I'm not gonna sing this. Well, she does say the lyric in that line. Yeah, cause, or because that's when the, because the drums come in the pre-chorus. Because like yeah, yeah, that lyric like you were screaming at the event. Oh, but actually, I think that was a verse. That's that's like after that's the because that that's right after the 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 first chorus. Oh yeah yeah right right. It's like the part that I wish hard on the Chinese satellite. I. Boom. And then you have the string quartet there, right. which is a chorus. Which so I guess that yeah I don't know. I want to believe Instead I look at the sky and I feel nothing You know I hate to be alone 
But that's also kind of another cool element is like not knowing what's the chorus and what's the pre-chorus. Right, yeah. Yeah, and I feel like with that, with the such like a diverse instrumentation that she has on this album, it's like, that's like a sort of straying away from like the typical like verse, pre-chorus, yeah. chorus. Yeah, she plays a lot with form. It's yeah. really cool, yeah. And like, but she, she does it in a way that like, it's not super crazy because it's not, it's not through composed at all. No. But it almost feels that way by the way everything develops. But it, right, it's yeah. like having that like through composed energy throughout this like very composed form mm-hmm. that's like non-linear or not super linear. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like working within the, the boundaries of having like a, yeah. a, a set form. Yeah. But... And then like stretching it, but not, not abandoning it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because it, it never, like, sounds repetitive. No, never. Even though it's, like, the same section, it's, like... The... But even... Sh- there's a lot of change. Yeah. No matter what's happening, there's always forward momentum. Mm-hmm. You know? It's almost like a big band chart. Yeah, <laughs> you know? in a way. You know? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, the drums, especially on this one, never really found, sound too upfront. Um, oh, yeah. I, I wrote on my notes that, like, the, the drums sound, like, kind of lo-fi. Yeah. Like, Which... like pretty much throughout the album. Except, yeah. Uh, yeah on ICU they're like a little more clear but I think that has to do also with Phoebe like like the thing with the baritone guitar and Phoebe's voice that I said mm-hmm. like that but in terms of frequency range I think I saw some, right. someone on the internet I think it was the dude from like Must Formation said that that was Phoebe's trick because everything is like super not high endy and uh-huh. like Phoebe's like really high endy and then it's just like whoosh. right it just like sits on they just like sit on top yeah. of each other so well yeah, but the drums never get in the way. But I also think, like, the drums can afford not to be overly present because everything else is so driving. Right, yeah. Everything no, else yeah. is so, like, in the pocket. That's a good, that's a great point. Yeah, it's like drums are, like, supplement to that. Yeah. Instead of, like, the instruments being supplement Yeah, the, to drums the drums are, like, the accents. Yeah. The drums are, like, emphasizing what the guitar is playing. Yeah. <laughs> it's the opposite. That's super cool. Yeah, that's a great point. And another, I mean, man, to, like, to go back to the string quartet with vocals, like, on the chorus. Woo! Mm-hmm. It's like super unexpected, and but it, it almost sounded like the Beatles. You know, it's almost yeah. sounded like Eleanor Rigby for a moment. Yeah, <laughs> you know? but dude, like, yeah, I definitely, especially on her other albums too. Like, um, what's like the last song on Stranger in the Alps? Oh no, no, on Scott Street actually. They have like this very like it's almost like Day in the Life type thing where it's like it sounds like there's like a crowd in the studio and they're all just like playing like random instruments. Oh yeah, like bells and whistles and stuff. I feel like definitely a lot of the production elements were kind of inspired by the Beatles, but mm-hmm. like, cause they kind of just had to be cause the Beatles were the first people to do that. And, yeah. yeah. And I think she said that in an interview once where yeah. it was like her, her producer at the time for Stranger in the Alps was like a huge Beatles fan. Yeah. I mean, so. there's a lot of production gold like mm-hmm. in those records too, but these songs developed so well, especially this one. Like, oh yeah. Cause I mean, you, you have the chorus with a string quartet. And then you have the chorus with the band, plus all the other elements, too. Mm-hmm. It's like, just, like, relentless development. All right, Moon Song. We hate tears in heaven But it's sad that his baby died So my, my favorite lyric in this was, We hate tears in heaven, but it's sad that his baby died. Cause that's that's such like a like a like a you have to know to understand, mm-hmm. but like you can kind of feel that lyric even if you don't understand. Yeah. And for those who don't understand, uh, she's talking about Eric Clapton. Tears in Heaven is an Eric Clapton song about his son that died. Yeah. 
It fell out a window. Yeah. But, like, I felt like the Eric was so cool because it was inviting to everyone, but mm-hmm. it's still, like, a little inside thing. Yeah, it wasn't, like, a direct jab at Clapton, like, because if you don't know the context... Right, it's like, exactly, yeah. Because she should, he, she could have just been like, yo, fuck you, Clapton. <laughs> like, you suck, but no, she, she did it in a very... And then uh, the next lyric was, like, we fought about John Lennon mm-hmm. until I cried. The, lyric, the lyrics in this and all of them. Yeah. We fought about John And then, yeah, this was also an obligatory, like, cool song in three that, like, every album kind of needs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Savior Complex is also in three. Yeah, actually, one of my points for Savior Complex, the next song, was that it was kind of bold to put three song, two songs in three back-to-back like that. Yeah. Um, but they're different enough that it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's a completely different three vibe. But also, actually, they're still kind of related, because you have that, like... Wait, how does the song start? It's, like, cool instruments, right? It's gonna be. That's, 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 I want that to be in my tombstone. It's got cool instruments, that's right? right? <laughs> oh, you know this song reminds me of uh, "This Is Us," like the, I... like the theme music of "This oh, Is Us." Oh, okay. Like I don't think I've seen that show enough. <laughs> but like no, but I mean, because it, it's like they kind of like like touch of sadness, emotional, with also like also being loving, mm-hmm. but like very sensitive too. I feel like all of those things describe the show, but also describe this song. If that means anything. That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what I was saying is that this is the one that it sounds like the iPhone. They basically put on the iPhone as an overhead and then used the kick like, <laughs> yeah. the snare mic. Yeah. Because like when the drums do come in, you hear like the and then the of the snare like super present. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that allows for like all of the the subtle uh, ambient sort of electronic stuff yeah. to like creep through and like develop yeah. more in a, like a. A much more subtle way because i feel like if the drums were like higher fidelity sounding right like it would definitely like be like okay like this is about the drums yeah but but no yeah not... the drums are never the focal point which is kind of cool yeah. but like they still emphasize the song and they still enhance the song mm-hmm. it's kind of like the whole thing about ringo that like everyone's like oh ringo's a bad drummer but no he just like he just played the song yeah and that would... he just let the song happen you know yeah and that's what <laughs> makes him a great drummer yeah and then you have all the vocals at the end that make it start to sound like super large. Yeah, yeah, especially the higher background <laughs> yeah. vocals. Oof. <laughs> yeah, that's a great. That was a great touch. Yeah. Cool. Savior complex number eight. Show me yours, and I'll show you mine. Yo, yeah, this is like my favorite song. Yeah, I think this is my favorite song on the album, too. No, actually, This Is The End is my favorite song. But, yeah, this song's got a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, And, like, I noticed that this is, like, a really good example of what a modern chamber ensemble might be. Mm -hmm. Because it's, like, still a very small ensemble, but it's, like, a cool mix of, like, guitars, strings. Like, there's, like, a Glock in here or something like that. Yeah, first uh, use of upright bass, too. Yeah, upright bass, too. Yeah, yeah, Which is really cool. And then you also, like, it starts... As a like with like just the instrumental thing, mm-hmm. and then there's that instrumental breaks, dude. Yeah, and then the key change too. Show me yours, and I'll show you mine. Oh yeah. yeah, so that's actually like 
not that much of a key change. I, I was like looking at it, but it's kind of cool. So it, it goes to G, which is the my the song's in E major, but it goes to G major. Mm-hmm. So it's like the, the 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 relative major of E minor. Yeah. So it's like borrowing from something pretty close by. Oh yeah, like which the is kind of cool. Yeah. And then it's it's not even like a key change where they like 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 how they would normally do it in, in like a rock song, mm-hmm. where it's like oh now we're in this key like here there and everywhere. It pivots. It's actually the same relationship. Mm. Like that goes from G to B flat, and this goes to e, from E to G. Oh, so, so it's oh, still so, yeah, it's the same. Like, still a minor third, but right. in here, there, everywhere, the, the the chorus goes one six two five in B flat. Mm-hmm. So they like dive in and like do the thing. Right, they're like, this is the key. But but in this, they just kind of stay around G. I think they place like some sharp fives and stuff too in some of the instruments too. Mm. There's like all this like stuff happening, and it's just like 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 I don't know any other rock group that had a weird vamp in a related slightly related key mm-hmm. like that you know and the way it comes back to mm-hmm. like the original key is so like fluid it doesn't even sound like yeah it, but yeah like you said it doesn't even sound like a key change really it's well, like, yeah, it's there's all, a tonal change it's all of the voices kind of like pulling back in mm-hmm. you know <laughs> it's so, so like cool. this like this like it's like this like sort of ascending violin line yeah and then it kind of just like it like blooms again You also have the, the the minor four chord, the A minor there, mm-hmm. which is also like like in my life for Boulevard of Broken Dreams, oh, where, yeah. like the minor four chord. But like that's another time where they're borrowing from from E minor. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, it's like going. It, it's almost like like using the A minor as foreshadowing what's to come, and then it goes back into G, and it's like, oh, this is what was right. this is what we were leading up to this whole time. That was what was implied. Right. It's like you thought, but. Ah, uh, you thought this was just like a subtlety, but no, we're going in. And again. <laughs> and this one also doesn't resolve, so this one actually ends on A minor. Yeah. Show me Which I loved, and I loved the fact that she ended with a lyric, um, all the bad dreams that you had, show me yours. And she didn't say that refrain of I'll yeah, show yeah, you mine. Show me yours, and then A minor. Yeah. And that's it. Ah, <laughs> God. <laughs> but, yeah, that was super cool. That was so effective, I feel like. Because I feel like she could have easily said, saying the lyric, I'll show you mine. Yeah. And, like, end it on any other chord. And it would have been like, okay, yeah, like that's that's nice. But like the fact that she did not huge say huge tension, right? Yes. There. Yeah. And she's like, ah. Oh. And it's also kind of like, you could interpret it also as this like kind of feminist statement, like because it's like, show me yours and I'll show you mine. But then at the end of the song, she's like, no, just like show me yours. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have to show you mine, which yeah. I think is kind of cool. I don't, I I don't think she intended it that way, but that's know. interesting. Yeah, but super super powerful, you know. And then also, like, there's a lot of stuff going on without the song being overbearing. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a big example of how to develop a song and use a lot of different instruments without ever being super overt about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I like the... I don't know, just, like, the melody's beautiful, too. Like, it's, like... It kind of has, like, two main ideas, really, and she kind of yeah. just, like, develops them. Yeah. There's a, there's also a lot of, like, recurring chords. Like, the, the A to A minor. That mm-hmm. happens a lot in every yeah. section. She does, like, the F-sharp 7, the dominant 2 chord a few times. Yeah, the Elliot Smith chord. Yeah. So there's a lot of, like, like, like interesting chords that are just very 
like discreet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So the ninth song is I See You. But I feel something when I see you now. I feel something when I see you. Yeah. Which is like the letters I see you, but the way she says it, the lyric is I feel something when I see you. Oh, shit. I never realized that. <laughs> I always thought it was intensive care unit. Yeah, no, but so I think there's cool implications within That's that cool. lyric in general because it's like, I feel something when I see you. Wow. So, like, that, like... That, that's like a sentence on its own that, that works but right. it's also like I feel so when I look at you I feel like I have to go to the hospital <laughs> you know or like I feel something yeah. with like you make me feel like I need to go to the hospital or something <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome I've never yeah I've never I never made that connection before <laughs> and then all the like the non-vocal melodies are super catchy too Oh yeah, like like the like the the stars. It feels like like a like a like a like a, a TV show theme song. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, like, you're, like we're getting into something. It's like so catchy every time I listen to it. I'm like, yeah, oh. yeah, a lot of relatable lyrics too for me at least. Like, like, and I get this feeling whenever I feel good that it'll be the last time. Or, I don't know what I want until I fuck it up. <laughs> Those are very relatable. Deep, yeah. Yeah, all of her lyrics are great. Another, the other point I wrote is, like, the drums sound kind of, like, 80s almost on this track. Yeah, I was going to say, especially the bass drum. <laughs> yeah, or for me like, it was the snare, actually. Mm. I think both, but it, it, it almost just sounds like they took a drum kit from the 80s, or, like, <laughs> a drum groove, and then just, like, enhanced it. Like, like one of those, like, oh, look at New York photos from the 40s in color. Oh, where yeah. they like enhance the photo. Uh-huh. For me, it kind of sounds like the same thing, but the audio equivalent. Right. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's like very big sounding <laughs> yeah. drums. And like the, the bass drum sounds like, it almost sounds like part synthesized. So like the front of it sounds like an acoustic bass kick, but then like the end of it and like the resonance sounds like some sort of synthesized yeah. kick. Which is super cool. I think I think the snare reverb is what got me to think that it was like eighties. Mm-hmm. There's something about the snare. I forgot exactly what it was. Yeah, kill him. Yeah. Cool. Graceland two is the tenth song in the album. I will do This song's interesting. <laughs> it's like unexpected. Like we're in folk territory totally, now. Yeah. Like we're, we're, this is a folk song. Uh-huh. But you know, surprisingly, yeah. But surprisingly, this gets stuck in my head a lot for whatever reason. Oh. But like, yeah. I mean, the chorus and the verse both get stuck in my head like pretty frequently. That's oh, very, there's there's also charming. that organ break that happens eventually. That's just organ and vocals, which I thought was a really cool oh yeah yeah. Oh, yeah, and then you got the celebrity shot from Boy Genius. <laughs> Wait, what? So, yeah, actually, at the end, like, the last chorus, when all of them are singing, uh-huh. that's that's Boy Genius. Oh, shit, <laughs> like, what? Which is kind of sick. Wow, yeah. that's cool. I didn't realize that. I looked it up because I was curious about it, but, yeah, it is them. Wow. So they, I mean, they have that chemistry of the band chemistry. You know? Right, yeah. Yeah, and I, yeah, I feel like it's, like, kind of, like, like, a callback to her roots, too. Yeah. This is, like, a... Yeah. That's cool. Graceland 2. 
Cool. Yeah. The final song of this album is I Know the End. And this is definitely my favorite song of the album. Yeah. It's so good. And there's so many cool elements in this song. Like, first, the, the, just the progression of it on its own is like it's super like a three minute, minute build up. This is the like, longest song in the album. I actually wrote down all the things and they're all basically three or four minute song. Mm-hmm. But this one's a five minute and 45 second song. So like... Got a lot of build up. Yeah, over that time, they just like progress and progress. It's so good. I think it was a perfect ending for an album released in 2020. Yeah, um, but also like it's the end of the album mm-hmm. and the song is like, I know the end. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, this album is coming to the end. Oh, that's like, true, yeah. <laughs> you know, they got me. I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so killing. <laughs> I think I know the end, too. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah, she's like the, the harbinger of truth. It's like the end is near. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like, the end is near because, you know, 2020 and the world's on fire. But also, the album's ending. <laughs> the mm-hmm. end is near. Like, she's like telling you, like, hey, we're about to go home. but yeah and i I still like even though that that's like the main sort of refrain in the album it still ends on like a pretty lighthearted note with Mm. like her doing like the the screams yeah she's just like (sighs) she's like laughing (laughs) yeah at the end (sighs) and then you just (laughs) you're chuckling (laughs) so even though like the song is like kind of could be perceived as dismal it's like on the, yeah, the sort of jovial note. Well, it's, a, it's almost like laughing at herself, you know, mm-hmm. like not taking yourself too seriously. Yeah. Which is super cool. There, there's a lot of cool elements in this, like, so there's that, but there's also that part where she says lightning, and then you just hear, like, this <laughs> kind of thing. Big bolt of lightning low. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's all these kind of things. And, like, saving, like, the most dense orchestration for the last song yeah and also just like throughout the song it's more dense like there's more vocals coming in there's there's more instruments the guitar is going like nuts mm-hmm. and then there, there's that one key change it's like in c i think the whole time or no it's in d flat towards the end and then it goes to d mi- d flat minor and then the trumpets are actually going Which is the first theme from DVD menu. Yeah. So that's yeah. what I was that's what I was saying at the beginning. Yeah. And I didn't realize that until like right now, because earlier today I was actually just like learning that. I was like, this is a really cool melody. I'm just gonna learn this real quick. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and then I was like listening to this and I was like, wait, that's the same thing. <laughs> but it's a half step up. Yeah. So there's like an extra layer of like tension and excitement. That's cool. Ooh. Yeah, because I was listening to DVD man. I'm like, I've heard. Wait, I've heard this, this like sweeping melody somewhere. Yeah, I didn't realize it until right now. And yeah. then Phoebe's just like screaming, <laughs> yeah. like throughout the whole thing. Yeah, it's a perfect ending. But yeah. I mean, it's really cool because she takes like the cool, th- like she doesn't take no parallel fifth from like classical music. She takes like b- motivic development. And like recurring themes mm-hmm. and like orchestrations and stuff like that. Right. Which I don't know if that's just her. It's probably her and the producers and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, there's a lot of really cool elements that were taken in a really creative way. Yeah. Because it still sounds like an indie rock band, 
it really it sounds like Phoebe Bridges. It doesn't sound like anyone else. Right. But there's a lot of elements that are taken from other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be interested to like, because I know like Elliot Smith is like one of her huge influences, but I also yeah. like be interested to hear like what her other influences are. Mm, yeah, I actually haven't seen many like interviews where Phoebe talks about like, I know she started music and writing songs when she was like twelve, mm-hmm. and like would like busk and go to open mics and stuff. Yeah, and just play like Elliot Smith songs. Yeah, like, but I don't know much about her influences other than like Elliot Smith and like I guess the Beatles from that interview you said. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Great album. Yeah. Cool. So that's Punisher by Few Bridges. Thanks for sticking around. Thanks for listening to all this stuff. And again, if you want to work with us, check out Terranaut Recording. Send us a message. Send us an email. Leave us a comment. Something like that. But, yeah. Thanks. Any words, Sean? Um, no, I don't think so. I think, yeah. We, uh, yeah. We got through all of it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have anything else to say. But, yeah. Thanks.